What's better for developing your abs, isometrics or dynamic exercises? What are the best foods for getting more fiber? Are continuous glucose monitors worth it? What supplements are worth a darn? How can you get a double body weight back squat? The answers to all these questions and more in today's episode, so stay tuned. You're listening to the Digital Barbell Podcast. We believe that if you work hard, you deserve results and that your training and nutrition should enhance your life, not take it over. Our mission is to provide you with a clear path to health and fitness through education, connection, coaching, and accountability. We are your hosts, Jonathan and Blakely Fletcher, and we are here to serve you. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a five-star review so we can reach more people. You can find us daily on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Digital Barbell. Now, let's get to today's topic. All right, guys, welcome to the Digital Barbell Podcast. Thank you, as always, for being here. Thanks to those of you guys who take a minute to leave us a five-star rating and a written review. If you don't have five stars for us, just <laughs> don't even bother leaving a review. Five stars only oh need apply. I think that's the common thing people say. Leave a five-star review. What What if someone wanted to leave three stars? Then they just skip to the next podcast <laughs> and leave a review. You see that all the time on like Amazon. <laughs> you know what I realized is like if somebody just finds this podcast listening to it or YouTube and like for the first time, one thing we never do is like introduce ourselves, tell who we are. Yeah. I, I do hear that on some podcasts. Hmm. So if this is your first time here, I'm Jonathan. I'm Blakely. We own Digital Barbell. We are an online training and nutrition company. We help regular people get in the best shape of their life. We come from a background of CrossFit, strength training, bodybuilding, we combine all three to give our clients the best results possible without burning them out. And that was a good elevator pitch. That's what you want. You want to be able to explain your business in like 30 seconds before some before the door goes ding. It's real ding. coaching in an online environment with yep. real care from your coach. From whether coaches it's, that know your name. That's right. I think so that's on the website still. There goes the commercial. Hey, before if you like this episode, just head to <laughs> wherever you're listening to it and subscribe too so that you'll see Every time we put one out, we put out two podcasts every single week. You're pushing hard on the YouTube content. Our next video coming out is mm -hmm. going to be, tell us what the title of that one is. I mean, I can't remember. It, I can't remember uh, what it's about, although I'm editing it right now. Isn't it about um, like exercises that are... Oh, let's it's just like, wait. Let's leave them in suspense. I, actually, I just remember what it is. We can leave them in suspense. It's going to be a good one. I'm in suspense too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's that shirt you got there in front of you for all the this people who are watching this? This is our sponsor, some 10-year-old CrossFit shirts that I just found in my closet while we were doing some spring cleaning. We did a big purge, man. Yeah. I, I got to say they're a little tight in the lats, which is good, I guess, because I'm getting bigger than I was like 10 years ago, but they're, they're cool. So this shirt is just like a bunch of writing on the front. I don't remember buying this or anything. Which like, one's the front? This is the front. Okay. I don't, I don't remember getting this, but I have it. Read it. All right, this is CrossFit in 100 words, I think is what they call it. Eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar. Keep intake to levels that will support exercise but not body fat. Practice and train the major lifts, deadlift, clean, squat, press, clean and jerk, and snatch. Similarly, master the basics of gymnastics, pull-ups, dips, rope climbs, push-ups, sit-ups, and presses to handstands, pirouettes, flips, splits, and holds. Bike, run, swim, row, etc. Hard and fast. 
five or six days a week, mix these elements in as many combinations and patterns as creativity will allow. Routine is the enemy. That part is, is the biggest font on here. Keep workouts short and intense. Regularly learn and play new sports. It's pretty good. I agree with all of it. It's kind of funny. They only had 100 words to work with, and they put in pirouettes. Does <laughs> it say pirouettes or parallettes? Pirouettes. Pirouettes. I've never yeah. once done a pirouette. Or a flip. Have you done a flip? <laughs> I've never seen you do a flip. I've done a flip. I've done one underwater. Does that count? <laughs> I think I've done everything on here, but I've definitely seen you do a sit up and a push up. I mean, press this is like presses to handstand. That's, that's tough. That's, that's that's specific. And I think they put that in the CrossFit Games last year. It's like mm-hmm. with uh, Boz taking over the program. Yeah, and he went, I mean, this I mean, he, is, you just need to like look at the shirt and know what to do. Yeah, this is your workout program this is your right workout here. Workout program, exactly. <laughs> anyway, but I, the beginning is very. Is very the, the um, nutrition advice is really the solid. The nutrition advice is solid as well as like keep intake levels that will support exercise but not body fat. Yeah, that's the main thing that trips people up. Mm-hmm. It's just eating too much in general. If you're storing excess body fat, got bad news for you. You're eating too much. Your intake levels are too high. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a sponsor. Okay. You have one. That was our sponsor. Oh yeah, that's right. The t-shirt. <laughs> t-shirt sponsor. Uh, one, we have a Q and a episode for you today. Yeah. We got some really good questions that you guys submitted, but we also just wanted to tell you about this show that we've kind of been hooked on. I already uh, wrote an email about it. I yeah. Mean, people are going to think we're obsessed with this show, but you know how Hulu just suggests shows for you based on other things that you've watched or however the algorithm mm-hmm. for that works. It threw this show out there and it, we're way behind the times. I think it's from 2015 or 16, 16. Yeah. It's called fit to fat to fit. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy, Drew Manning. I think he was the instigator of it he was a personal trainer and he had this idea okay what if i you know i want to empathize with my overweight clients i'm struggling to get my overweight clients to lose weight maybe it's my fault so he purposely gained 65 75 pounds Mm -hmm. once he found a client that was also overweight and then lost the weight together with them so that was the genesis of the idea for the show he gained the weight in four he put a timeline on he gained the weight in four months right he mm-hmm. turned his he stopped exercising and turned eating into his full-time mm-hmm. job so each episode of this sit what is it called a ser- series mm-hmm. is following the journey of a personal trainer who does this mm-hmm. with a client they eat like crazy for four months gain a bunch of weight and then work it off with their client and it's been we've watched like five or six episodes yeah. so far i think there's two or three seasons right yeah there's really just one season and the second season has like one episode i guess it got canceled but (laughs) or they ran out of trainers who wanted to gain all that weight but it's been really fascinating to watch they'll spend the first half of the episode uh, documenting the trainer gaining all the weight Mm -hmm. and all the impacts that it has on them and then the second half is them trying to lose it with the client yeah i think it's worth checking out just just for entertainment purposes. Yeah, if you're listening to this and podcast, you have an interest it, in this you know, stuff. It's interesting. Like every, every episode, it goes the same pretty much. Of Like the trainer kind of like looking forward to just like throwing, you know, caution to the wind and or not, you know, just like I can eat whatever I want. I can go out whenever I want. I can do whatever I want. And, you know, the first two weeks they're like, yes, this is living. And then they start to feel very bad and they end up lazy. They end up like they can't. They, they like can't go do their training they can't train their clients anymore yep. you know they're having they're struggling with that they feel sick all the time they're they just like can't constantly. get off the couch they get depressed a lot of them get acne a lot mm-hmm. of them end up where either a doctor is telling them you have to stop this experiment early 
or you're gonna you know yeah they'll start having symptoms trouble. that yeah. have anxiety like, they start to have like heart palpitations and like just scary stuff goes on <laughs> the guy himself i think in the intro he says he like he developed did, a like, fatty liver and yeah. kidney damage um it's just interesting though because there you do see the trainers when they start just gorging on all this mm-hmm. food that they hadn't eaten so long being like this is this is good like I've been missing this part of my life. Like, like I, feel, I don't know if yeah. I'll ever go back to eating healthy again because this is amazing. Right. And then that fades quickly because Definitely. the physical effects and of the, the instant effects. gratification yeah. of eating it fades away and they're left with all the other symptoms of, of an unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah. And they miss training. They miss the, they've, they know what it already feels like to wake up in the morning and feel good every day mm-hmm. because they are, have been treating their body good. And so they want to go back to that. Yeah. And that's what they're hoping this client, they can get this client to is like, you know, I feel different every day when I get up whenever I was not treating my body like garbage. Yeah. But the interesting thing, I think like it can sound deceiving too, because you know, the people who they're helping lose weight generally like are eating thousands and thousands of calories a day. I mean, I think that what they had one guy who was a chef, he was eating like over 8,000 calories a day. Mm -hmm. And then the trainers are pushing six to 8,000 calories a day so they can put on significant weight in four months. Mm -hmm. So losing weight is not hard for either of them on the show, because if you're eating 8,000 calories, you can easily dial back and go into a significant weight loss deficit and drop like 14 to 20 pounds in a week or something like that. Yeah, the rate that and they're losing is crazy. So it looks like, well, this is so easy for them. Look, they're losing 10 plus pounds a week. I mean, but that's not what it's like for everybody. You know, most most people, that's not what it's going to be like for any of us to lose weight because we're not in such a high calorie surplus. Yeah, it's like when people go on the biggest loser and make these like drastic changes. Yeah. You know, they're exercising six hours a day. And, you know, who they actually don't put a lot of focus on this show in the show on the nutrition side of it. So I really don't know what they're eating most of the time. But one of the other things that stands out to me in the show is, you know, the fact that the trainer gained all this weight for them and is empathizing with them and coaching them along, like, you know, it does help that they have that partner along with them. Mm -hmm. But the people who are successful on the show are the people who are committed to doing the things that just cause weight loss. Regardless. They've already made that change in their mind and they want the change. There's we've already seen somewhere the, the people don't follow through and they mm-hmm. drop off or they've, you know, hashtag got to want it yeah, for themselves. It doesn't matter how many people they're are doing it with them. They yeah. have to want it for themselves yep. in the end. Yep. Yeah. There's always a way to find an excuse if, if, if you want one. Yeah. Okay. So check it out if you want. Fit to fat to fit. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Use discount code digital barbell <laughs> when you sign up for Hulu. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get right. a kickback. Okay. Let's get into All the right. cues we and got, we'll drop we our a lot A's. of questions here. All I right. love it. What are your go-to foods for fiber? This is a good one. I actually went back through my my Fitness Pal log because if you have the premium version, you can click on each micronutrient or macronutrient, and it'll show you which foods you eat are highest in that. So if you have <clears throat> the paid version, right? Well, explain why you want people to be eating fiber. Real yeah, quick. so fiber comes from carbohydrates. Like if you're eating a low carb diet, it's very unlikely that you're going to be getting enough fiber in. It's super helpful for fat loss because it helps fill you up and improves your digestion, but it's also just linked to great health outcomes. It helps lower cholesterol. It's, it's linked to decreased risk of cardiovascular disease. I almost said increased risk. Um, and it's just super helpful when you're dieting. Like if, if you ever 
find somebody who's eating a low fiber diet and you can get them to gradually creep it up over time. You're just going to boost their fat loss results and they're just going to feel more satiated, especially if they're in a calorie deficit. So let's talk about the mm-hmm. foods that I came across. What are your across. go-to foods for fiber? So this is kind of like a, a cheat, you could really call it. But my number one source of fiber on a day-to-day basis is these low-carb tortillas that I sometimes have, like a breakfast taco. Mm-hmm. And they're, there's a lot of brands out there now, and they add fiber to them. I don't, I don't know if they add the fiber just so that they can take advantage of the net carb phenomenon where they can subtract those calories out quote legally mm-hmm. on the nutrition information, but regardless, I'm picking up 10 grams of fiber per tortilla. You just eat one of I those have. a day, right? Or do you eat two when you eat for breakfast? If I'm in a fat loss phase, I'll just have one okay. for breakfast. But if I'm just maintaining, I'll have two. So I can easily pick up 10 to 20 grams of fiber per day just from those tortillas. But other great sources that we both include regularly are berries. Berries are a great source of mm-hmm. fiber. Raspberries are the ultimate hack. There's like eight grams of fiber in a cup of raspberries, super low calorie. Blueberries aren't quite as high. Blackberries are pretty high too, but that's a great source. Beans. People forget about beans. They think they're just like a carb source, but there are tons of fiber in beans and they also have a decent amount of protein for how much they have. I think it's about 12 grams of fiber per cup of beans. I think technically a half a cup is a serving mm-hmm. of beans, but half a cup doesn't go very far when it comes to that. Uh, apples are great. About five grams of fiber in an apple oatmeal, about four grams and a half a cup of oatmeal peas. People forget about peas, but peas are actually a really common thing for protein powder to be made up of, but they also tag along a lot of fiber, about seven grams and a cup of peas lentils, you know, a sister Mm -hmm. to beans, about eight grams for a half cup serving more fiber. I mean, more protein than, um, almost any other vegetable source. Lentils are often forgot about and avocado about six grams of fiber and a whole avocado. And then this one's going to really blow people's mind, but plain popcorn, like the kind that you Mm. pop yourself, four cups of popped popcorn, about five grams of fiber. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? Now, if you start adding butter and things like that to it, forget about it. You've kind of negated the the health benefits of eating the popcorn. So four cups though, is is four cups a decent serving, like not not an excessive serving or anything like four cups once it's popped? Right. Yeah. Once it's popped and that starts out as just like a very yeah. small handful of kernels. Uh, and it's relatively low calorie too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're somebody who's counting your calories, you should track all this stuff. You know, fiber is not like a free ticket to right. eat as much as you want, but those are our top, so, uh, top sources. But you say, you said the stuff you pop yourself. So the stuff that comes in the microwavable bag is not, I don't really shop for oh. popcorn. So yeah, I'm sure it has the same amount of fiber, but I'm concerned about the oil that oh, they add to yeah. the bags. Like I'm sure you've, you know, popped yourself a bag of Orville Redenbacher before. And by the time you finish eating it, your hand is just like yeah. coated in oil okay. and butter. So you're controlling the oil when you cook it yourself. Over, right. You, yeah. yeah. You can put like half of a, we used to pop yeah. popcorn in Boise all the time. You, you put like a half a tablespoon of, of oil in there mm. and most of it ends up sticking I inside the pan. About that, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Go, oh, the problem and with as popcorn far as, is there's always like, you know, I'm always getting something stuck in my, th- I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if it's worth eating. I'm like cutting my gum with like the kernel or I'm like getting it stuck in my tooth or you're like halfway down your throat. You're like, Ugh. It like, is true. So I'm like, Which I, is funny I've never they, just enjoy, I, I like popcorn, but I, you know, for those reasons, I'm always like, oh man. Yeah. Not a great, it's a, it comes with a hazard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, you're not supposed to feed honey to infants, like probably not popcorn either. <laughs> yeah. Those are dangerous. <laughs> 
Oh, let's presented. just say how much fiber people should be yes, eating. Yes, yes. I'm just going to give a really big blanket recommendation here. Women try to get between 20 and 30 grams of fiber mm-hmm. per day. Men try to get 40 plus grams of fiber yeah. per day. And if you do a calculation and you're not even close, like slowly tear it in. Right. Um, don't go from don't five go. to 40. Yeah. And when you, know, you do increase your fiber, make sure you're drinking plenty of water. That's you didn't what, mention spinach. It's it's not uh, it's not very high for the amount of quantity oh, that you I have to eat. Much. So yeah. you would have to sit down and eat like a pound of spinach to okay. you know. And like, let's just be honest, nobody wants to be around somebody who's eating a pound of spinach a day. <laughs> All right. All right. Second one: isometric versus dynamic core exercises. They Maybe said, I didn't write down the list. Well, they wanted to know is one better than the other. Yeah. And I know the person that asked this question is a, they're a CrossFitter. They do strength training too, but um, I think they have body composition and strength mm-hmm. goals. For us, we do both. Like, yeah. you know, a lot well, of. Let's the, talk about the difference real quick. Yeah, okay. So isometric will be your holds, mm-hmm. like your static, your static holds, like no movement, static movement. And then di- your dynamic will be your movement things like sit ups. Yep. Anything where you're mm-hmm. flexing the the abs and really like think about what do the abs do? They are made to stabilize the spine, produce, you know, rigidity to your core, your trunk. And then they also take your spine into a flexed position by flexing your abs on the front of your body. It's what pulls your, mm-hmm. your stomach down. So, um, it's not that one is better than the other. It kind of goes to like, what's your overall goal? We want to have a strong, healthy back. And we also want to develop the size of the muscles too, so that we have a better chance of seeing our abs at higher body mm-hmm. fat percentages. So you can have an aesthetic goal and a functional goal when it comes to your abs. So we train them in both ways for that reason, because you're not going to like grow the size of your abs just from doing planks. Now, like if you have 10 years to train, like a gymnast to mostly doing static holds, yeah, your abs are going to grow over time, but you will never see a bodybuilder doing like wall sits you know, an isometric hold to grow their quads. (laughs) You got to load them up. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of isometric holds on the, both the anterior and the obliques to build the stability and the strength of, of the, of the core and the abs. And then we use flexion based ab work, like hanging leg raises, weighted crunches, sit-ups, those kinds of things to cause more hypertrophy Mm -hmm. in, in the, in the, in the core muscles. Yeah. Cause really there aren't a whole lot of ways to load your, your core. So we can take advantage of the weight of our lower body in a hanging leg raise to, to cause some hypertrophy yeah. as the muscles in the core get stronger. Now, one way people mess this up is by turning a hanging leg raise or a hanging knee raise, or even a sit up or a crunch into just like a hip extension and flexion exercise, like mm-hmm. hinging only at the hips. You'll notice if you do this, cause your hip flexors get really tired mm-hmm. before your core even gets tired. So if you're doing a hanging knee raise or a hanging leg raise, make sure as you get to the top of the rep, you're actually tilting your pelvis up under you, which causes that spinal flexion and you'll feel your abs contract when you do that. Yeah. Same thing with a, like a sit up on a med ball or a crunch, like make sure you're actually flexing your spine and not just hinging at the waist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, Personally, I used the isometric holds to come back from injury. And I think that this is where like we do, like if, if someone is coming back from a back injury or they're just coming out of pregnancy, um, being, you know, after, after giving mm-hmm. birth and they are starting to work out again, we will stick with those isometric movements. Heck yeah. They're great for I that. I mean, you can like, when I was doing the holds, I've talked about this many times on the podcast, I think, but I was doing them four times. I was doing eight holds 
three three rounds of each one for a minute each so three minutes at each each of eight holds mm -hmm. four times a week that's all i was doing mm -hmm. and you can you can really develop it was it came from like something called gymnastics bodies and mm -hmm. you can really <laughs> develop some strong yeah. core muscles by doing the holds oh, yeah. themselves if you're doing them that much like mm -hmm. that that's all i was doing um but you know, like you said like you're if you do you know a, a plank one one sixty or three sixty second planks a week. You're not you're not right. going to grow your abs. Yeah, you have to progressively overload your isometric holds, just like you do any yeah. other exercise. If you want to see progress in them, but yeah. Like you said, planks, side planks, suitcase holds. So the eight bird day dogs, I was doing dead bugs. Was, was a plank reverse plank where you're you know you're lifting your hips up. Mm -hmm. Hollow Superman. Oh yeah, hollow holds. Whew. Dead hang. Um, in a and, hollow and, position. Yeah, dead hang in a, in a, a hollow position, um, an inverted. Where oh, a handstand. Like, no, well, a handstand hold. Yeah, did I already say that? Maybe a dead hang, but then an inverted hang. Oh, from your feet? No, you, <laughs> <laughs> like you're hanging, but then you're upside oh, down. Oh yeah, you hanging. flip yourself upside down. You flip down. your side upside down, and there's one more that I can never remember what it was. Let's do some of those inverted hangs today when we work out. And then after that, you start to get into like. The levers, levers. where you know the front and back levers, those are spicy. That'll for expose sure. your weakness real quick. I have a, I have like a vivid memory where like you know you're, just, I'm like okay, I'm gonna do this, and I pop up. This is when I was working out at Rice. I pop up onto the, it was one of those pull-up bars that's on the like machine, like between the yeah. machines, so the handlebars neutral are grip. like neutral grip, and I like flipped over and I was going to like spin my whole body around while holding on and my shoulders just like it sounded like the biggest tearing position oh my god I dropped and I just got into like the fetal position and I like didn't move I was just like I was terrified that I had just like well, yeah ripped my shoulders out all the socket like I had no idea what, what did you do just like. shake it off and it didn't it was it was not an injury but the sound was terrifying oh my gosh anyway wow <laughs> I just That's like, something. I remember I like didn't move. I just like got down. It was like a pill bug yeah. position. I was like, I don't want to move. Am I dead? <laughs> I don't know what can happen from here. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So do both. How much do you love your rice? Sorry. I didn't read this in advance. <laughs> How much do you love your rice cooker? Man. Uh, we finally bought a rice cooker last year, probably yeah, after people after telling us people. for, cause we would just make a pot of rice a couple times mm -hmm. a week. It takes like 45 minutes. <laughs> My and mom says it takes 15 minutes. Yeah, it just takes 15 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, for it to like start. And then by the time you're done. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, and then we would actually like refrigerate it cold and pretty much eat it cold. Because we don't also, we didn't have a microwave. Correct. So we would like, if we were heating anything up, we'd have to like heat it up on a frying pan. And people who come over to your house were like, this is no way to live. <laughs> just get a rice cooker. And we were very against it for years. And we're our like, clients too. Like we don't need a rice cooker. You're crazy. Like We have limited counter space up yeah. in this little house. Anyway, we originally got one. I don't remember what made us decide to. Our client, Jen, finally talked to us. And she's like, here's the two major <laughs> the brands. Two. And so you need to pick yeah. between one of these two. And it's been super convenient. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we like to have like do like full ingredient prep. We don't like just to have the boxes where our meals are lined up. But we like to like have a protein source cooked. And we like to have a carb source cooked. And we can eat lunch and dinner, lunch and dinner for like two or three days and then redo that process. Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as I think like I want to like at the end of the day, go make this recipe or whatever. If I buy all the ingredients for that at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, I just want to eat. I don't <laughs> want to spend another hour now. Like, you know, just just with our schedule right now, mm -hmm. I, you know, our life is all about 
making our food choices as easy as possible yeah. so that we can stay as consistent as possible. So every other we keep it, we keep our rice in there for two days. So every other morning we wake up and we put fresh rice in there and mm-hmm. we have it for two days and then it's usually gone or we throw the remaining part out and we redo it. And we accidentally bought a bag of brown rice the other day. We've just been eating white rice and I think we're both enjoying it more. It's a little bit Dif- better texture, a little bit drier. Yeah, I like it a lot. Jasmine brown. If you're somebody but, who's worried about the nutritional difference between brown and white rice, it's like one gram of fiber more for brown rice since it still well, has I was about the, to say, more fiber. Yeah, it's not going to be enough to move the needle. <laughs> Eat whichever one you like, people. Okay. All right. This is another what's the deal with, I think. <laughs> what's the deal with continuous glucose monitors? Man, they're everywhere. Yay or nay. My, right. my mom wears one of these because she's type 2 diabetic. Yeah. And it's like this little round disc on her tricep. And she just waves this little thing over it and tells her what her blood sugar is at any moment, which is awesome if you're diabetic because it's the stakes are pretty high for mm-hmm. going too oh, high yeah. or too low. Well, and it's much easier than like her having to like prick her finger and, and put do a little a blood test. on the thing. And it's yeah, much more sanitary and much easier. So as as usual, the <laughs> general population has like taken a technology and become obsessed with the data mm-hmm. behind it and kind of lost the forest for the trees of what the thing is. Cause now everybody's wearing them and they're, I mean, people who aren't even diabetic and people who really aren't being like serious athletes are wearing continuous glucose monitors and constantly scanning their blood sugar after they eat with the idea of keeping their blood sugar as stable as possible throughout the day. And the reason they think this is because, you know, when you eat and your blood sugar goes up, your pancreas secretes insulin, which then shuttles the nutrients into your cells, including into fat cells. So they are th- the thinking behind people is if I can just keep my insulin low, keep my blood sta- my blood sugar stable, I won't be storing any fat and I'm and I won't gain weight. It's a it's a fool's errand yeah. to think like this because first of all, your body is supposed to have ups and downs in your blood sugar. That's a normal response. It's the reason your body produces insulin, which is an anabolic hormone in the first place. It used to be that bodybuilders would inject themselves with insulin, trying to increase their insulin. But anyway, people are doing this in an effort to try to maintain their weight or to avoid losing weight. But here's the deal. When you eat carbohydrates and your body releases insulin, most carbohydrates will never be preferentially stored as body fat anyway. They'll be either burned off as glucose or they'll be stored in your muscles and liver as glycogen. Now, if, you, if you're if you obsessed with keeping your blood sugar low, you're probably by default going to have to eat a higher fat diet because it has a less insulin response when you eat fat and you're going to be like, oh, when I ate that um, stick of butter, my blood sugar didn't do anything. So that must be better. But here's the thing is like your body is really, really good at converting the fat that you eat into fat in your Mm -hmm. body. So if you're automatically eating a higher fat diet, there's that, that, that fat is more likely to be stored as body fat. Plus with the caloric density of dietary fat versus carbohydrates and protein, you're going to be eating more calories, which is more likely to put you into a calorie surplus, regardless of what's going on with your blood sugar, which is going to cause you to gain weight. So that's why people are misusing this information, uh, with the wrong you know, they just don't understand how yeah. energy balance works. They're fixating on demonizing blood sugar and demonizing insulin, kind of getting fixated on data instead of understanding the actual principles at play. It feels like to me, it's one of those, another one of those things. It's like, if I can just 
instead of like eating like an adult, if I can just wear this thing and, and just change these little, you know, this yeah. will, this will help me lose weight instead of like change, you know, really like learning about nutrition and yeah. changing the way I eat is the first thing. And then the wearable technology is just exploding. And like we, I think we like, like a lot of people just like data. So it's cool to read the data about your body. How much did I sleep? Yeah. You know, what's my recovery, blah, 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 blah. But like in the, at the end of the day, what are you doing with that data? Are you going to change your habits based on what that data says? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not, then like it's just data for data's sake. But if, I think I, I mean, I used to wear a whoop band and it would mess with me, mm-hmm. my mind, because I wake up in the morning, I'd feel fine and my whoop score would be off. And so I didn't always listen to the whoop because I was like, I feel fine. Maybe the whoop doesn't know what it's talking about. But then, you know, sometimes I would be like, oh, the whoop is, the whoop is wrong. Or but then sometimes I'd be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. You know, it's just my recovery is like, in the orange. Listen, today, the red. <laughs> listen to listen to, you know, learning to listen to your body. I yeah. think is always the best thing. It's like if you if you have to rely on your whoop band to tell you whether you can or can't work out that day, like what are you right. going to do if you can't afford this subscription anymore? Yeah. It's like you you better start to learn for yourself right. what you should and shouldn't be doing based on you know your own self yeah, rather I mean, than an external device telling you what you should and shouldn't things. do. All these Same thing with the sleep monitoring and stuff. Like I didn't sleep. I mean, like are you doing anything with the data to yeah. make yourself sleep better or – you know, are you, yeah. just, are you just looking at how much you slept that night and then like letting it make you worry? Yeah. Are you, like, I'm going to feel tired today because I only got this much uh-huh. sleep. Or like people obsessing about um, like how they'll wake up in the middle of the night and be like, shoot, my aura ring is going to tell me I <laughs> my sleep was less. Like I got to get back to sleep. And yeah, you end up it, losing more sleep, worrying about how much sleep about, you're getting. Yeah. And it affecting how you feel the next day because of what it says. Yeah. All right. But as sum up on the CGMs. No, there's nobody listening to this that's not diabetic. That unless, to, unless, like you said, unless you're diabetic. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're diabetic, you don't need to wear a CGM yeah. for anything. <clears throat> All right. Okay. This is a good one. My squats are getting tough, but I don't have safeties. What should I do if I fail? Yeah. We have a video in our exercise yeah. library about what to do with this situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend getting to a point where you're like, I could fail tomorrow and I don't know what to do. Like yeah. you should, you should know what to do. Bef- you should know what to do when you start squatting with the barbell. How you fail. How you, you, how you bail strategy. a squat. Same thing with the bench press. Everything. You should know how to get out of that lift mm-hmm. before you're like, it could be tomorrow. <laughs> We've seen a lot of um, fail videos on yeah. YouTube of people doing, you know, the wrong way, which is to get to the bottom of the squat, start to come out. It's not going anywhere. And you try to roll the bar or throw the bar over the front of your head. I've seen a lot of people try to do that. I can't even imagine wanting to try that. It ends up, it ends up clipping the back of your skull on the way. Most of the time it, you know, it goes over, but um, it's super dangerous. So you never want to bail a back squat over your head. If you think about a back squat, it's not anywhere near the weight that you can press. So what makes you think you can like lift that bar over your head? Well, they've tried to, they try to like significant weight, try to like raise their hips up, dip their head down and let it roll off their back forward over the top of their head. Anyway, that's the wrong way to do it. I only know one guy who can do that. He used to go to my gym. He probably doesn't listen to this, but it was baller move. He was like, that wasn't a fail though. It wasn't a fail. He was just like this, like high twitch he was, like he could do yeah. anything i mean he would have significant weight on the bar he may jump over a car and, and I got he this. would like like pellet over his head like it was like a rich frony move i was like that's badass 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't recommend it. I was yeah. like, no one else do this. But that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get a video of that. Okay. A- anyway, the first thing you got to do is make sure your environment is clear if you are squatting without safeties and you think there's any chance of failing. Don't have any weights on the ground mm-hmm. near you. Don't have anything don't that. Don't have like your bench kind of like behind you, you know, right. your squat bench or your bench press bench or anything, anything right behind you. Front, back, front back and sides should all be completely mm-hmm. clear. At least the width of the barbell yeah. and at least several feet front in, in front of and behind you. Mm-hmm. And then if you get to the bottom and you can't get out, what you do is you, you drop down to your knees and simultaneously slide forward and propel the weight off your back with your hands mm-hmm. so that your body's Body moving forward, forward and the barbell is moving backwards at the same time. That's the only way you're going to get clear enough so that the barbell doesn't hit your feet mm-hmm. as you go down. But practice this with like, you know, for men, 135 pounds on the bar, mm-hmm. women, 95 pounds on the bar. Like I'll throw this video in if someone, you know, if we're doing maxes or if we're like someone's just starting with the barbell, I'll throw this video in. Like here's, here's two options, have safeties or learn this skill yep. um, into to our clients, into our programs so that they know how to do it. Um, but I never recommend like you have a person stand behind you that is going to be like, if your you spotter. were to fail, like try to help you out. Because again, like you're back, you're back squatting a weight that someone should not be able to just like curl or lift up <laughs> right. with their hands. It's just, it's just not safe. I mean, nope. the only way it's the only way it is safe is like when you see it in like the, the competitions mm-hmm. where there's two people on each side and they're going to help, they're going to actually take the bar off your back, but yep. don't, you're not going to probably have that situation. So either have safeties or learn how to bail. Yep. No, yeah. like none of this like bear hugging from behind spotting. Yeah. Either. yeah. You're not going to, you're not going you to pick both the person go down. and the weight up. It's going <laughs> to end up, you'll be on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, cause if he can't hold, if that person can't hold the weight, they're likely going to drop it on you on yeah. your back. If you were to fall down onto yeah. your knees and they can't hold that weight, that thing's going on your back. Yep. It's just not safe. All right. Well, we can link that video of like how to bail the two options. Hey producer. <laughs> okay. Link, link that video. What supplements are worth taking? Let's keep this really short because we have an entire episode on uh, yeah. supplements. First of all, athletic greens. You're going to want to take that three times <laughs> per day. <laughs> Kidding. I'm just so triggered by all the athletic greens commercials that I'm seeing lately. Um, all right. So what supplements are worth a darn, worth a shot? Uh, for sure, protein powder can be a useful supplement. There's nothing special about protein powder that eating food with protein in it has yeah you don't have to take protein powder a convenient way to get it it's a convenient way to fill in the gaps help you reach your overall protein goal especially if you're on the go it's also great for travel because you can double bag it in some ziploc bags bring it with you and you will never have you'll never want for protein snacks but the downfall of it is it probably can can contain carbs and sugar that like an actual piece of protein like a piece of chicken would not contain that's true there's going to be more calories per serving than mm-hmm. actual protein but if you stick with a whey um a whey protein isolate or, or a concentrate at worst or a blend mm-hmm. most of the calories will be coming from protein yeah and if you are a vegetarian look for a pea soy rice combination and that's going to be your best bet but those are going to have a little bit more sugar because they need to bump the flavor up a little bit yeah the ones that taste good do Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there's a lot of brands out there that don't just make sure you check the nutrition label yeah and check how many grams of carbs and fat you're getting and make sure the the fats are somewhere around two or less and make sure the carbs are somewhere around five to seven or less and you're getting a good protein powder. Okay. Protein powder. Um, creatine hundred percent for sure. Creatine monohydrate is all you need men or women, men or women. 
five grams per day. No need to go through any kind of special loading period. Get plain creatine monohydrate, mix it into a drink that has some flavor so that the grittiness of it kind of goes away. Take it any time of day that you want. Don't stress about it being before or after your workout. Take it at the time that's most convenient for you. And it's not something like a pre-workout where you're going to like, Ooh, I took my creatine yeah. <laughs> today. I'm feeling it. All it's going to do is help you create a little bit more power, a little bit more strength, a little bit more energy every single day, contribute to better workouts, increase the size of your muscles a little bit because they're pumped up with a little bit more water, make your workouts more productive, help you make more strength gains over the long term. It's a long-term play, but it works. All right. Caffeine. Cheers. <laughs> proven performance enhancer know your own tolerance we have a great blog on should you take two scoops of pre-workout but it mm -hmm. also gets into like what is the recommended dosage of caffeine per day and for a pre-workout we can link to that in the show notes too. tell the producer to put that mm -hmm. one in there um, that's basically it in the supplements that we really recommend beta alanine can be an interesting one but not necessary for most people unless you're into really extreme endurance events but it does give you a nice tingle which can be good <laughs> for the placebo effect mm -hmm. before a workout i would say the only other one that i think people think about like should i take this as fish oil yeah i think more recent research has kind of debunked the benefits of people just preventive preventatively supplementing with fish oil mm -hmm. now if you're somebody like us who does not eat a lot of seafood or eat a lot of grass-fed beef that kind of stuff it probably is beneficial to kind of offset the the lacking ratio of omegas so mm -hmm. okay but for most people i would say all right you're not going to notice the difference all right there you go Short last and sweet. one my 2023 goal is a double body weight squat squat Squat. My max currently is 250. I'm a five foot nine male, about 165 pounds. I haven't been following an organized program. Where should I start? This guy's like the same size as me, a little bit lighter right now, but that's kind of like my walk around weight, and I'm about the same height. <laughs> my walking around weight. Unless I pretend that I'm 5'10 <laughs> sometimes. Um, All right. Okay, so let's talk about like what's your goal? I know you said your goal is a double body weight squat, mm -hmm. but, um, I'm assuming you only have a limited time to train <laughs> limited recovery resources. And maybe this isn't like the only thing you care about with your fitness because, um, it's a very doable goal, but there's always trade-offs in anything that you want to accomplish with your fitness. So, um, you didn't also say you want to improve your cardiovascular health or you didn't want to get your friend time down or run a six minute mile. So just know that dedicating time to this strength training is going to come at a cost to any other goal that maybe you didn't tell us about. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about like the specific program. Here's what I would do. I'm just going to get right into the specifics of what I would tell you to do. I would take your max where you're at right now, 250, and I would start your work sets at about 185 pounds, I would have you squat, squat three times per week. This is going to be a classic linear progression, a lot of volume over the week. Every other day, not, 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 not ever twice, not ever two days in a row. Correct. So this would be so like, like a, a Monday, Monday Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to have you do three sets of five at that 185 pounds on day one. We're going to add five pounds on day two. We're going to add five pounds on day three. We're going to keep up with add, that. You add five pounds if you hit all 15 reps. So, so all three sets of five with perfect form where your form looks great and you've hit depth yep. at every, 
all every all 15 reps yep so no need to add weight until we are there until we're like moving well and getting full depth i guess i should have said like these aren't quarter squats (laughs) well i mean just just want to throw that in there that like if for some reason there was something going on or you're like i'm not quite squatting to depth yet but i'll just keep adding weight there's just no there's no point in doing that yet yeah okay so that's what i would do for as long as you possibly Mm -hmm. can and there's even a chance that you I should have said a double body weight squat for him would be 330 oh, yeah, pounds, 165 times two, Okay. which brings me to another little point is you're not like a big, you're not a big guy. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have a picture of you, but, um, there's a good chance that you need to probably gain some weight as you do this because you need to build some muscle. Um, so that your double body weight's going to go your up. double body weight squat might end up being higher than three thirty because you might need to gain ten pounds mm-hmm. in the process of doing this. So that's a little caveat out there, but it's still very possible. And you really might come close to or hit this double body weight squat with this simple linear progression of adding mm-hmm. potentially fifteen pounds per week. Yeah. Sometimes life gets in the way and that's not going to be the case or you need to take a deload along the way, but yeah. And if you ever don't hit it, just repeat that weight, push, push that as far as you can. Mm -hmm. If you stall out after two to three workouts of hitting the same weight, then we have to move on to stage two. So what we're going to do in stage two is we're going to break up those three squat days into a different progression that, you know, uh, isn't just the same Mm -hmm. add five pounds, every single workout on day one, you're going to do five sets of five at 90% of where you left off your three by five, the last weight that you successfully hit. That's going to be hard. <laughs> this yeah. is your volume day. This is going to take a long time. You're probably going to have to rest 10 minutes between sets. Just This is yeah. probably going to be mostly what you do mm-hmm. that day. Day two is going to be your recovery day for squats. You're only going to do two sets of five at 80% of what you did on day one. Mm-hmm. So that's going to feel like a reward. You're really going to look forward to that day because you're going to be sore from the first volume day. And then day three is an intensity day. We're going to do one set of five at about 10 pounds heavier than you did your volume work at on day one. This is essentially going to like be a PR for your five rep max Mm -hmm. every time you get to intensity day. And that's the process. You're going to repeat that adding five pounds to that, to those weights every week. And you're going to get there during for sure following that. And like I said, you're probably going to have to take a deload somewhere along the Mm -hmm. way if life doesn't deload you anyway. And that's one of the values of working with a coach is they can individually see when, all right, we're, we're getting close to hitting the stall based on the bar speed. It's time to pull back on the volume and intensity for a week and then ramp back up. Right. But I think what you said in the beginning is, is great. Like, look, we don't really have any information other than like, I want this goal. So like really when you think of a goal, like, Oh, if you, if someone hears this on this podcast, I want a double body weight squat too. Like think about what else, what do, you else do you want <laughs> and what you're doing right now and what sacrifices you're going to have to make to get this because yeah. this type of goal is tough. We've both done, we've both like gone through these linear progressions. I've seen you do this, like where, like you said, you're spending 90 minutes doing like your squats in a set of presses that day. I mean, it's, it's tough physically, it's tough mentally Yeah. and you're going to sacrifice your conditioning. You're going to have to gain some weight, you know, mm-hmm. it's think about everything that's going on. And if this is not, not that getting, I, I totally think that like adding some weight to your squat and getting strong is a great goal, but do you want to sacrifice some other things just to have this as like, I got it on my t-shirt. Yeah. I have a double body weight <laughs> squat. Like, I will say like, as you think about that in the bigger context of your goals, the good thing about strength is it lasts a long time. So like, it's been a long time since I built up to my first double body weight Mm -hmm. squat, but I could probably within a week go out and hit it. If not 
yeah. now. And I haven't That's been true. training for that recently. You know, I'm, That's, yeah. I haven't lost a, I'm not as strong as I've ever been. That's for sure. Yeah. But I can probably still hit a double mm-hmm. body weight squat because I put in the time sacrificing yeah. other things temporarily. That is a great point. So that's another piece of it is like, okay, this, at this time in my life, I do have the time, the resources, and this is what I want to focus on. How long do you think it would take? Like being, I mean, you have, you said you're similar, like I would say most people could do this if, if they're starting in a place around where he is yeah. in three to six months. Okay. So you spend up to half of a year working on this goal. I've got, then I've built this strength and then I can start to build back my cardiovascular. Not that you're going to lose it completely. And cardio is something that you can yeah, that comes build, back to come back a lot easier than mm-hmm. building strength. It's just, you know, like I said, it's going to be something that you're probably going to sacrifice during this time. Yeah. And I think there's carryover too into improved body composition by spending this time yeah. in, in dedicated strength. This is something that, uh, I talked about a lot in the interview with Paul Horn is the, these guys that they think that they, they want to look better. They want to have better mm-hmm. body composition. They want to look better with their shirt off, but they don't understand how important getting strong is yeah. to that goal. It's not all you need to do, but you need to build the base of your physique on a platform of being strong. Mm-hmm. And then your nutrition yeah. is really the thing that <laughs> dials it in over time right. and putting in more bodybuilding type work. Okay. Quick announcement before we get out of this episode, it's still April as of the time that this episode is coming out. If you're listening to this in April of 2023, we have a few spots left for the offer that we have going, get a 100% free month of nutrition coaching. Just alluded to the importance of that. When you start a custom training program with us in this month, let us help you take the guesswork of what you should be doing in the gym every single day open your app, know exactly what to do. Have a coach that reviews your workout after you do it, tells you when to go up and wait, tells you if your form is right, customizes things to your goals, your schedule, your equipment. It really is cruise control. (laughs) I wish I had this a long time ago for myself. (laughs) All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed this again, before you leave, please leave us a rating and review. It really does help us and make sure you subscribe. So you get all the future episodes. Have a good day. Boom. Thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. But real quick, before we go, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Be sure and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell for all of the latest and greatest free content. If you're interested in working with Blakely and I, we'd love to talk. Apply for coaching with the link in the description of this episode or by visiting digitalbarbell.com. We'd love to talk about helping you reach your goals with a training and nutrition program built just for you. Thanks again and have a great day.